0: Welcome to Kevin Connor's podcast. This 24-part series on interpreting the book of Revelation was given at Tung Ling Bible College in Singapore back in 2002. Be sure to get a copy of the textbook by the same title, available from Amazon in your region in paperback and e-book formats, or as an immediate PDF download from the shop at kevinconnor.org. Okay, so uh, in this session we're going to touch on just Brief overview of the uh, bowls of God's wrath now. So, uh, hopefully, we've been uh, coming along together here. So, just got to keep in mind since three and a half years, these are the events uh, all uh, parallel, progressive parallelism is referred to. So, two witnesses uh, the church, the true church, the Revelation 13, the beast, the uh, false prophet, image worship, and so forth. And then, chapter 14, the angelic ministry, uh, particularly the warnings to the earth. And then chapter 15, uh, nobody can enter into the sanctuary. And I think it was Jeremiah 7:16. Was that the verse? If you want to put that down, where uh, the Lord uh, tells Jeremiah not to pray or make intercession for this people. So it's very, very serious when God Himself. That was a prophet, not to pray and not to uh, make intercession for people. So that's the scene that we have. Nobody can enter into the sanctuary. Nobody can make intercession uh, at that period of time. Jeremiah 7:16, I think it was. Thank you very much. All right, now, we come now to chapter 16, and if you want to sort of just uh, uh, put a line like this, so remember they open at a point of time and a period of time. So I know I've said this several times, but I'd like to repeat it. The seven seal includes in itself the seven trumpets, and the seventh trumpet includes in itself the seven vials of wrath, or the bowls of wrath. So each of the sevens come out of their sevenths. And they all end alike. So the seventh seal, seventh trumpet, seventh bowl, of love all end in the second coming of Christ at the beginning of the seventh day. That's the, and I think that's why God says they all end with voices, thunderings, lightnings, and an earthquake. All those sevens. Okay, so all right. Now we come to the uh, bowls of God's love. And, and I know I know this is you know it's hard, heavy stuff. But how many sort of understand? You know, people say, well, how can a God of love uh, do this? And why does God do it? Well, this is why God does it, because the law works wrong, and people have rejected the atonement, have rejected the blood of Christ, blasphemed his name, and just all those traditions. So that's what we've got here. All right, now, you can put your fill in here. Uh, if you can sort of draw seven lines like that, then I'm just going to put in a diagram that uh, sort of. Um, Quite, uh, which is the best way to handle this. Okay, maybe uh, you've got it in, in your outline there. Have you got it in your outline? Yes, yes, you've got it in your outline. Uh, so in the, uh, the first uh, ball uh, or boil, uh, we have boils on mankind. And uh, we see that like Lazarus, he was covered with terrible sores. It's like a, actually a cancerous sore and wholesome or boil. So... If you can sort of remember all you have got to remember here, uh, just these circles of divine judgment. God has touched the earth, He's touched the trees, He's touched the waters, He touches the river. Finally, He touches mankind because mankind doesn't get the message. So here, uh, it touches mankind. So uh, those who have the mark of the beast are smitten with this terrible uh, boil. The first went and poured out His bowl upon the earth and the fowl. New King James has a loathsome sore. Came upon the men who had the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. So, showing how serious this time is to worship the image of the beast. Pardon me. And remember, Job was smitten with boils. The devil did it in that case. Here, God's doing it. Alright, the second uh, bowl of judgment, uh, the second angel pointed out his bowl on the sea and it became as blood on a dead man. Became blood as a dead man. Every living creature in the sea died. Okay, so blood on the seas. And we can only imagine, you know, the terrible scene uh, this will be the stench, the death, everything that happens to life in the sea. The third bowl, we find the third angel poured out his bowl upon the rivers. Now we get into the fresh water. Previous one is seas. Uh, you can't drink seawater, I can't anyway. Not even swimming in it. All right, but here it's on the rivers and springs of water, and they became blood. And this is a repetition of the plagues of Egypt. So, from the sea, now it touches the fresh waters, these sources, just like happened in Egypt. Heard the angel. And and we've got to remember these plagues here uh, Moses and Elijah, they have power to smite the earth with plagues as often as they will. So, we need to link Revelation 11 with chapter 16. Who's smiting the plagues? Uh, Heaven is working with earth. And the same as uh, when Moses went down to Egypt and said to Pharaoh, okay, there's going to be a plague. He lifted up his rod to heaven. And when he lifted up his rod to heaven, it's quite evident that the angels in heaven worked with that rod and the plagues fell on Egypt. same thing that's happening here, I believe. Uh, so the waters. Uh, then verse 5, the, I heard the angel of the Lord saying, You are righteous, O Lord, the one who is and who was and who is to come. You have judged these things. For they have shed the blood of saints and prophets, and you've given them blood to drink. It is as just do so. uh, That's the whole symbolic. And it it must have been terrible down in Egypt where they're digging around the river, and all the water in the basins are turned to blood. I mean, everywhere, whether they like. And and I think God has something else in mind here. See, the world generally hates blood atonement. They hate the blood of Jesus. So it's like God said, Egypt, you don't like blood, I'm going to deliver Israel. See, the first sign to Pharaoh was when Moses took the water and, and, and the, rivers, uh, the water from the river became blood. And then on the, on the Passover lamb, every house that doesn't have the blood of the Passover lamb will be smitten. So Egypt have to face blood, whether they like it or not. And see why? Because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So they're shedding the blood of people here, the blood of the martyrs, the seed of the church. And so God says, okay, I'll give you blood, you shed blood. Here it is. They reject the blood of Jesus. So it's like everybody has to face the blood, whether they like it or not. And, and uh, sometimes I hear preachers say today, well, let's not talk about the blood of Jesus. People don't understand that language. It's offensive. And I remember one minister in a city I was ministering in many years ago, he just said to his congregation, thank God I'm not saved by the blood of any man. He told his churches, I thought, well, you're not even saved because without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. Yeah. He said the blood is offensive, but it's God's way. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. When they put across the bloodstained mercy seat, they removed the blood. So whether we like it or not, blood is the life, evidence of life. And so the blood on the mercy seat was evidence that death had taken place. Someone has shed his blood. That's the blood of Jesus. So the throne of God is a blood spiritual throne. So God has that in mind. And then in verse 7, I heard another uh, from the Older saying, Even so, Lord God Almighty, true and righteous are your judgments, Out of judgment. The uh, fourth angel, he touches the sun. Now you'll notice again the same progression touches man, touches the sea, touches the rivers and springs. Now it touches the sun. So no, no one in the world will be you know, free from this. He poured out his bowl on the sun. And power was given to him to scorch men with fire. So you think it's hot enough heat in Malaysia time? Wait till this happens. And, and what's, what, what's the result of verse nine? Men were scorched with great heat and they blasphemed. See, this is a period of blasphemy. They blasphemed the name of God who had power over these plagues. And they did not repent. Now, that's another reference you can put down, which I didn't have before. They did not repent, unless I had it on repentance. not. They did not repent. So blasphemy, no repentance. So it shows the condition of man's heart at this time, when all God's mercies, God's grace and long-suffering, and even plagues do not bring men to not being meant to repent, and say, I'm sorry, God. No, they just blaspheme God, and they did not repent to give Him glory. So actually, so at this period of time, they've actually crossed the line, God beyond repentance. No hope when uh, people, you know, it's the, good, it's the goodness and mercy of God that leads people to repentance, but not even the judgments do. All right, uh, verse 10 the fifth angel poured out his bowl upon the throne of the beast and his kingdom became full of darkness. We think of the plague of darkness uh, back in Egypt, and it shows that, as I would understand, to answer one of the questions you got, got to, that these uh, uh, bowls of wrath sort of happy, happen. Uh, you know reasonably soon one after another and the reason I'm saying that is because uh, uh, his kingdom became full of doubt and they gnawed their tongues because of the pain and, uh, and you know that's coming from the loathsome sores they got in uh, in bowl 1 and again verse 11 they blasphemed the God of heaven because of their pains and their sores which happened in verse 1 so they are afflicted with these things and did not repent of their deeds again so we've got to keep that in mind Beyond repentance, blasphemy. And and, and Jesus said, blasphemy against the Father will be forgiven, blasphemy against the Son will be forgiven, but blasphemy against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven in this world or the world to come. Why? Because if they blaspheme the Father, well, maybe they'll respond to the Son. If they blaspheme the Son, maybe they'll respond to the Holy Spirit. But there is no fourth person of the Godhead to come. When people reject, resist the Holy Spirit, that's it. Because the Holy Spirit is the only one who can convict the world of right, of sin, of righteousness of judgment. And they resist the Spirit. So that's it. So the Holy Spirit alone can bring a person to repentance. So, so that, that, that's the tragedy, blasphemy against the God of heaven. Then in verse 12, the 6th angel we find, poured out his uh, bowl on the great river Euphrates, and uh, remember, under the sixth trumpet, the river Euphrates, there were four angels bound there. Here, uh, the sixth angel poured out his bowl in the river Euphrates, and this water was dried up. And whatever the full significance of that is, you know, God dried up the Red Sea for Israel to pass over. God dried up the river Jordan for Elijah and Elisha to pass over. Some miraculous thing here in regards to the river Euphrates, so that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And then in verse 13, I saw three unclean spirits like frogs, that's why I never ever saw I've got a frog in my throat now, when I found out a frog was a demon. Stop saying that. Oh, I've got a frog in my throat with his legs crossed. No, don't say that, you know, because it's a, it's a demon. So uh, I know some of you like eating frogs. And <laughs> I know some of you eat frogs and say, Oh, you eating frogs. No, i just bless it and call it fish. <laughs> okay. Now, a very interesting uh, thought you might like to put down here. I'll uh, read verse 13 and 14. I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. In this verse, uh, you'll notice that, uh, uh, maybe you'd like to take this down here, we refer to this, and uh, a lot of uh, common commentaries see this. This is what I call the satanic Trinity, or the satanic Godhead. So number one, we have out of the mouth of the dragon. And then number two, out of the mouth of the beast. And then number three, out of the mouth of the false prophet. So this is uh, like a counterfeit. When, when when Satan said, I would be like God, he didn't mean he'd be like God, uh, you know, in holiness and righteousness. I like, oh, like God. God gets worship, I want worship. God has uh, angels worshiping Him, and have angels worshiping Me. So the dragon. So this is like a satanic trinity, and you'll notice that these unclean spirits, unclean spirits, in contrast to the Holy Spirit, unclean spirits. And I mean, I know the ultimate of this is yet to be, but I mean, when we look at the world, there's plenty of unclean spirits today, the whole uh, pornography, the media, the filthy magazines and books that are out, and the, uh, and the pornography on the internet and so forth. Just unclean spirit, resisting the Holy Spirit. People give to all sorts of immorality. And so the dragon is the counterfeit of the father. The devil is the father of lies. So here we have the dragon, the Father, the Father of lies. And Satan is the Father of lies. So counterfeit of the Father God, and then the Beast, as we've uh, referred to, the Beast is the Anti-Christ, not uh, uh, the, the False Christ. So here he's uh, opposite to the Christ, who is the Lamb of God. So the Dragon, counterfeit of the Father, and the Beast, uh, counterfeit of the Lamb, the Anti-Christ, counterfeit of the the True Christ. And the false prophet is counterfeit of the Holy Spirit, because he's the spokesman. He, I uh, just spell that, uh, counterfeit of the Holy Spirit, that's what, he's the spokesman, see, so the beast points to the Father, because the world ends up in devil worship. So Christ points to the Father God, and not to speak of myself, but he points to the Father. The false prophet, he points to the Antichrist. And so the Holy Spirit points to the true Christ. So it's this satanic trinity. And you'll notice the expression that it's out of the mouth. Out of the mouth. That's the picture we hear. And uh, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 16, I think it is, what do we see comes out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus Christ? Out of his mouth proceeded a sharp, two-edged sword. So it's out of the mouth. So when we think of the mouth, we think of the whole the propaganda system today, what's coming out of the mouth of the politicians, what's coming out of the mouth of false cults, out of the mouth, because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's out of the mouth, if the word's in your heart, the word's going to come out of your mouth. So Alary's mouth per sees a sharp So it's a it's like a satanic Godhead, a, a, a satanic uh, trinity here. Alright, going back to the scripture here. So I saw three. So number three, the number of God. Unclean, counterfeit of the Holy Spirit, unclean spirits, plural spirits like frogs. So we think of frogs that come out in the night. Uh, slimy, slippery, croaky, everything like that, uh, coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, out of the mouth of the false prophet. And the, the symbol is interpreted here, there's no mistake of this. We think of the plague of frogs in Egypt, but here we think of the interpretation. For they are the spirits of demons, so spirits like frogs, demonic spirits performing signs, performing miracles, working miracles, so counterfeit miracles. And where they go, they go to the kings of the earth. In other words, the highest authorities in the earth. Influence the governments, influence the prime ministers, influence the kings of the earth. You control the people. That's what's happening here. So uh, the, the kings of the earth, their minds are satanically controlled, demonically controlled. So which go out to the kings of the whole earth, of the whole world, to the kings of the earth and of the whole world, to gather them to the battle of that great day of, of, of Almighty, which is the battle of Armageddon. As I said that, when it happens, Armageddon out of it at this time. Okay. Now, right in the midst, uh, we have a sort of interpolation here. Right in the midst of this, uh, these bowls, as I've got them, you notes know, so here, this little parenthetical uh, between the sixth and seventh uh, bowl of wrath these three frog-like, unclean spirits, preparation for Armageddon. Right in the middle of that, we have uh, verse uh, 15, which shows that there are still some saints that are alive at this time. So whether they've been hide or escape, behold, I am coming as a thief. Now, if Jesus has already come as a thief in the night in the secret rapture, what is this verse doing here? (laughs) (laughs) And we've already, I think we have seen that in in, in, uh, Sardis. He says, if you don't watch, I will come upon you as a thief in the night and you will not know. So here Jesus is talking to somebody who didn't see him come. So he hasn't come as a thief tonight, And he says, I am coming. Not I've already come. I am coming as a thief. Blessed is he who watches, keeps his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. So right in the middle of that, the Lord is giving. Now, you'll notice that uh, uh, through these chapters that uh, we've been working through, uh, let's go back here then. I want to give you some references through these chapters under the two witnesses uh, we find that the uh, saints are slain there under the two witnesses Revelation 12 we find the remnant uh, of some saints are slain here in Revelation 13 we find again a warning to the saints so what saints says the church is miraculously preserved this woman and then the saints that are overcome and then in Revelation 14 again a message to the saints woven throughout Revelation 15, not uh, 15, uh, 16 there is, so woven throughout there's this message to some group of saints that are in this tribulation period, so uh, whatever it all means, we have this woman who's miraculously preserved from the tribulation, through the tribulation, it's like this, uh, Israel was preserved through the plagues, the plagues were falling and not a plague come nigh their dwelling, except the first couple, but the rest. And then God didn't preserve the Hebrew children from the fire, but through the fire. And God preserved Daniel not from the lion's den, but through the lion's den. So right through the Bible we have these illustrations where God preserves people through. So in this period of time, we've got this woman that escapes into a wilderness and a preservation where she's preserved of God from the face of the serpent. But then we've got this other company of saints referred to. That uh, suffer martyrdom or are exhorted, don't take the mark of the beast, serve the Lord, live or die. As I was just say to somebody during the uprising, see, my attitude like this live or die, we belong to the Lord. You know, that's it. I mean, people say, well, what happens if you don't? Well, look, sudden death, sudden glory. <laughs> you have to have that mentality. See, I mean, people say if heaven, heaven is such a wonderful place, why is it that Christians are not anxious to go there? <laughs> so I can't. Uh, years ago, I had a brother come to me uh, in the US when the Six Day War was on in the Middle East, and he was physically shaking. I said, What's wrong? He said, Well, I've told my people that the, uh, the, the rapture's on any moment, and that the treaty's going to be signed in the Six Day War over there, and we'll blow it all out of it. But he said, uh, it mightn't happen. I said, well, tell them the truth. He said, you know, I said, look, this is my attitude. It's better to be prepared to go through the tribulation to find there is none than be unprepared to find there is one.
1: <laughs> and that's and I
0: can't lose for winning. That's safe. Right? And I said, well, what? just think of what's the worst thing that could happen to you. Oh, well, I get a flat tie. No, I think of something worse than that. I run out of money. Well, something worse than that. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's wrong with that? Sun death, sudden glory. Just simple. So we all have to have that mentality, whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. So I say, go back and tell your people, there's no, anti- no Antichrist around yet. there's no seven-year treaty, just forget it. Uh, be prepared to go through the tribulation, live or die. The worst thing is, the best thing is, go straight to glory. you just got to have that mentality, right? I'd like to be alive in the coming of the Lord. I'd like to see the undertaker, not the undertaker. I don't want to be a tomato, a, a mother. <laughs> So, if you're going to kill me, do it, bang, that's it. Don't, don't, you know. <laughs> don't swing me around, don't play with me. So, I'm just said, Lord, if I'm up to be a marvel, Lord, please make him do it quickly. Don't torture me. Don't stretch my <laughs> legs. If <laughs> I feel like that, or is it just me? Yeah. You know, the law of self-preservation is still pretty strong. <laughs> Especially when you're driving on the road, and some of the Malaysian drivers, you know, who went to night school and can't drive in the daytime. <laughs> 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 we sort of needed to lighten up on a little bit here. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what do I say all that for? Yeah. So so at this time we have these sprinkled warnings. So what I'd like you to do here is I want to give you uh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, about ten. Ten designations in Revelation referring to non-overcomers. Okay non-overcomers. Now, I believe the woman of Revelation 12 is the overcoming church in this period of time, okay, not the church of all ages. Why I say that is because it has to do with the three and a half years. So that, that generation, those, the people who alive in that period of time, okay. And then we have the non-overcomers. So if you want to look at it uh, this way, while we're while, while on this, is um, We didn't. Uh, we didn't sort of go through this way back there. But say, uh, in, in the in the seven churches. So up here we got the seven churches. And uh, in all the churches, there are basically two groups of people. It's just that simple. To him that overcomes. So we have the overcomers. So overcome. So in Ephesus, they have to overcome. Leaving first love. In, in Smyrna, they had to overcome opposition, persecution. In Thyatira they had to overcome immorality and idolatry. In, in, uh, in Laodicea, they had to overcome lukewarmness. So, what you can do down here is the seven things that they had to overcome. So, my attitude is this Lord, I want to be an overcomer. How many can say I mean, women? amen with me? I don't amen. want to leave my first love. I want to be an overcomer. I want to keep my first love, even the 75 years of age. Lord, I want to overcome any oppositional pressure and keep a good attitude. Lord, I want to overcome uh, any temptations, immorality, idolatry. I want to overcome lukewarmness. Any of these conditions, Lord, I want to be an overcomer. Can you say amen? That's yeah. it. So if I'm alive in that generation or live or die, I want to be an overcomer. So Kevin's been a victorious Christian. He's been an overcomer. Yeah. Now on the other side, sorry to say, we have to face it. This is the church. We have the non overcomers. So we have those who have left their first love, those who uh, succumb to persecution, those who give up, those who are into immorality and, 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 and idolatry, those who are into false doctrine, those who are lukewarm. They're neither hot nor cold, they're not committed, they're neither one thing or the other. We've got that. So in the churches, we have this uh, basically two groups overcomers, non overcomers. Now, as i see it the Overcomer church and in, in this period of time say so for three and a half years to me is revelation chapter 12 and verse one uh, verse one thing the woman clothed with the sun standing in the moon diadema twelve stars miraculously preserved in this period of time that generation so i see that as the overcoming church bride of christ the church at that time the overcoming church then Woven throughout Revelation, which I'm going to give you some references now. We have these non-overcomers, and these are the saints that get these warnings woven throughout in this time. Okay, the saints, blessed the, for the saints who die in the Lord. Here's the patience and faith of the saints. Saints, hold on. Don't worship the mark of the beast. Better to die. So we've got one group who overcomes and are preserved, and the others who become martyrs. Let me say this. Uh, they, don't, they don't lose their salvation, they lose their life. So it's not a salvation issue. Okay, so I'd like to put down, uh, like, number one, to ten and I'll just give you designations that I've picked up through, through the book of Revelation. All right, number one, Revelation chapter six, verse 11. We won't turn to it, because I just need to, uh, you know, coming in for a landing tomorrow on our last day. So Revelation chapter six eleven, they refer to as souls under the altar. Souls under the altar. Their blood is crying to God for vengeance, which was not in the heart of Jesus, the first coming, but this is the day of vengeance of our God. So souls under the altar. First designation. Number two, Revelation chapter 7. These are designations for tribulation saints. Okay, number two, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 14. Revelation 7 verse 14. And, and uh, when the angel said to John, Who are these that are coming out of tribulation, the great one? <laughs> John goes, The only wise answer was? You know. Okay, tribulation saints. So these are they who are coming out of tribulation, the great one, and what have they done? They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So tribulation saints, another designation. Number three, am I going too fast? How are you doing? Okay, number three, Revelation chapter 11. Revelation chapter 11, verse 2 and 3. The designation we have here, I'll quote the verse again. Measure the temple, measure the altar, measure the worshipers. But those in the outer court do not measure. So they are unmeasured saints in the outer court. Whatever it all means. Because you see, when you go back to what John's mind is saturated with, the altar had to be measured, the tabernacle had to be measured, the brazen altar, everything had to be measured. Everything was given divine measurements. But said, don't measure... The outer court, those in the outer court, don't measure up. So the unmeasured saints in the outer court. Number four, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 17. Revelation 12 and verse 17. Another designation, it says, And the dragon, after the woman escapes and is miraculously, miraculously preserved, the devil goes to make war with the remnant literally the remaining ones the remnant is that which is remains is left behind left over the remnant the remnant of the woman's seed. so the remnant the devil makes war with the remnant and overcomes them. okay number five the next one we have is chapter thirteen verses five to seven and verse ten. So chapter thirteen, verses five to seven, and verse ten. And here we're told that the little, not pardon me, the antichrist, the beast, he makes war on the saints for a time, times, and half a time, and overcomes them. So who is that? So war on the saints. So that's your designation. They war. They called saints. So souls under the old tribulation saints, unmeasured ones, remnant. War on the saints, and he overcomes them when in the time, times, and half a time. All right. Numbers, uh, where we up. So number six, Revelation fourteen, and verses twelve and thirteen. Revelation fourteen, verses twelve and thirteen. And here they're referred to as saints. Blessed are the saints who die in the Lord from this time forth. Why? Because things are getting so hot in the tribulation period and in Christ. The devil knows he has a short time. So uh, blessed are those saints who die in the Lord from this time henceforth and their works do follow them. But it's saints who die in the Lord. Either in Christ or out of Christ. Either in the Lord or out of the Lord. So, the saints who die in the Lord. Number 7. Okay, number 7. Revelation chapter 15 and verses 1 through to 3. Revelation 15 uh, verses 1 through to 3. The tribulation saints are referred to as those who stand on the sea of glass. And how do we know who they are? They've gotten the victory. I saw as it were a sea of glass and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, over his image, over his mark, over the number of his name, uh, standing on the sea of glass, having the hearts of God, they sing the song of Moses and the land. No doubt about that. So saints who stand on the sea of glass. Alright, number, what number are you up to? Uh, number 8, okay. Number 8, here is our 8th warning, Revelation chapter 16 and verse, verse 15. Revelation 16, verse 15. And that's, what we're, that's why we're on this little uh, digression at the moment. Behold, I say, Come as a thief. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watches, keeps his garments, lest he walk naked, and they see his shame. So, saints who are caught naked, saints who are caught naked, they're not watching, and they're not hanging onto their garments. Just like Peter who denied the Lord as he ran by, they caught hold of the guy, took his garment off him. Alright, and then number 9. I've got the wrong number here. Number 9, Revelation chapter 17 and verse 6. Revelation 17 verse 6. And we have this expression. And I saw the woman uh, drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. So, the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. The blood of the saints and the martyrs of Jesus. And then number 10, the final designation we have for this. So, so how many see that? woven throughout Revelation, we have these warnings, exhortations of saints. Yet they do not lose their salvation, but they do lose their life. Sudden death is sudden glory for them. All right, the last one we have is Revelation chapter 20 and verse 4. And this is how it puts it Revelation 20 verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they, whoever they are, were told, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them, they them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, so beheaded for the witness of Jesus, I mean, there's a frightening thing of, of beheading. Increasing throughout the world, it seems. And so they were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. So, beheaded souls. Souls that are beheaded. Think of those who have been beheaded with the machete in the last year or so. So souls beheaded, and they did not worship the beast. So we have ten designations for those uh, non-overcomers. So you go through, as I said, we 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 often, you know, uh, do these things one sided. To all the overcomers, there's the promises. So under here, you could put promises to the overcomer. him that overcomes. Tree of life, to him that overcomes manna, to him that overcomes stone with you name, to him that overcomes rod of to him that overcomes all those seven promises to the overcomers, which are taken as a separate study. But we forget that there's also punishments to the non overcomers. If you don't overcome and don't repent, then I'll remove your lampstand. If you don't overcome and repent, uh, then I'll cast you into a bed of great tribulation. If you don't come, overcome and repent, then I'll do this, that, and the other. I'll fight against you with the sword of my mouth. If you don't overcome lukewarmness, I'll spew you out of my mouth. And it's Jesus talking to the church. That's the thing. So, you know, uh, I mean, my exhortations to myself and all of us, we've just got to be 100% sold out to the Lord. Amen. amen. Just 100%. Not not a yo-yo Christian up and down by there. 100% commitment to Christ and His church. Can you say amen? amen. All right, just got preaching a little bit there. All right, now. Let's see. So, uh, okay, now go to number seven here, the seventh bowl, and uh, in back uh, to sixteen, and then I want to sort of uh, bring the trumpets and the bowls together. So, Revelation chapter sixteen. Um, he gathered in verse sixteen. He gathered them into a place called uh, Armageddon, and then verse seventeen. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air. So in each of these, you know, we've touched man, we've touched the seas, we've touched the rivers and springs of water, we've touched the sun, God's judgments just touching everywhere. Now the final one is into the air. And there came a great voice out of the heaven from the throne saying, it is done. Interesting to compare the seventh saying with the seventh saying of Jesus on the cross. There were seven sayings that Jesus uttered on the cross. The seventh saying on the cross was, it is finished. This is the seventh ball of wrath, and the seventh saying, it is finished. That's the, that's actually the Greek, it is done, it's finished. And there were voices, thundering, thunders, and lightnings, a great earthquake, Now, you see, there's been earthquakes through the book of Revelation, not just one earthquake. That's why when people say, well, the trumpets, the seals and vials all just repetition of the same thing. No, not not really, because each of the sevens come out of their sevenths. And they all end up with earthquakes. So, uh, the great city was divided into three parts. This, now, now, now listen to this, because you see, some people have some funny ideas, and I used to too, of, of what's going to be carried over into a millennial kingdom. So a lot of people, most people would say, well, we're going to visit the old Jerusalem, God's going to clean up the old city of Jerusalem, which is spiritually in so- Sodom and and we're all going to be visiting up to Jerusalem in the millennium kingdom. Not according to my understanding now. The great city was divided into three parts. This is how tremendous this earthquake is. And the cities of the nations fell. Who are you going to exclude? And great Babylon came. So the great city, Jerusalem, split into three parts. Go back to Revelation 11, where it's called the great city. And the cities of the nations fell. Till we think of it New York, Rome, Melbourne, Auckland, Christchurch, who are we going to sit? Oh well just two or three cities. The cities of the nations fell. And great Babylon, city Jerusalem, Babylon. Go see chapter 17 and 18 leads into the issue of Babylon being judged. Came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. And what happened? And every island fled away. So there's going to be such Cataclysmic upheaval at the coming of the Lord. Islands disappeared, mountains were not found. Whole earth, when you put down all the scriptures from that, the earth is going to wheel to and fro like a drunken man. It's going to shake everything that can be shaken. Islands are going to disappear. Mountains are going to disappear. Whole earth, it comes to the Mount of Olives. It splits in two. That splits in two. It's just going to be absolute cataclysmic at the coming of the Lord. So when we think, oh, well, God's going to preserve all the cities, take them into the millennial kingdom. And now, verse 21 is the climax. Once it hits the air, there fell upon men a great hail, out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent, about a hundred pounds, hailstones. stones. Wow. Oh. Some of us have seen some of the evidence of hailstones what they do to cars and windows and buildings and people and what's the result and men blasphemed God because of the plague of hell for the plague that was exceeding great and I said you put down the vinegar ah uh, no uh, let's see Uh, I think we yeah, put down Leviticus 24 go by memory Leviticus 24 anybody who blaspheme the name of God was to be stoned and here's the consummation the world ends up in blasphemy against God and his name and Christ and the saints and the angels and those that dwell in heaven so God stones them from heaven and he's got the angels up there with their Caterpillars. caterpillar, caterpillar, uh, caterpillar, caterpillar. Is that the word? <laughs> That's right. And you see, it's already happened in Joshua. When Joshua needed a little bit more time, he said, sun stops still, moon stops still, and called on the angels. Uh, I don't say that, but the seven, and it says, more people were killed by the hailstones than by the sword of Israel. So I can guess, the, uh, you know, imagination. Ask them when you get there. Ask the angels. Okay, angels, get your caterpillar, the hundred pound of hailstone. <laughs> Zing! So I got him. Two. So more people were killed with a so did they just fall out of heaven or do you think the angels were heaven? A good shot at the blasphemers. Is everybody surviving this? Alright, let's finish this before we take a break. Now, people sometimes in different schools say, well, the seals, the trumpets and the vials uh, one and the same thing. I want to show you a few differences and, and a couple of little additions here. If you can see this uh, here, where are we? Okay, we've got God's judgments in the world. I don't think I can make that a bit sharper. So let's, uh, let's see what we've got here. Here's what we've gone through the seven trumpet judgments. And, uh, you know, judgment, I mean, wrath is judgment, but the seven bowls of wrath, that's the picture. So, in the uh, first trumpet, we have earth, second sea, rivers. So you'll see earth, sea, rivers, sun, moon, stars. First four. In the seventh bowl, same order earth, sea, rivers, sun. But it's intensified. So in the first trumpet, judgment, hail, fire, and blood, you've got this the sea, a burning star or meteorite. Uh, rivers become as blood sun, moon, stars. Uh, then we move to the demonic realm. Uh, demon locust, demon horsemen, and the angels that abound at the river Euphrates, corresponding with number six, the Euphrates dried up, and then number seven, Satan casts out the blowing beginning of the seventh trumpet. Now, the difference here is on earth boils on men. Under the boil, that does not happen in trumpet judgment number one. Sea becomes as blood, okay, affected by a burning star here. Number three, rivers become as blood, same as number three. All right, number four, the sun scorches men with fire. Here, sun, moon, stars are darkened a third. All right, number five, uh, darkness, the plague of darkness. Number five, demon locusts coming out of the bottomless pit. Number six, Euphrates dried up. Number six here, demonic horsemen, angels bound at the river Euphrates being loosed. Number seven, hail on the blasphemers. Cities of nations fall, earthquake. Number seven, Satan cast out. So they're not the same. The, uh, the emphasis right through here, as I've already said to you, is the word third is used 12 times in this chapter. Dealing with this. A third of the sun, a third of the trees, a third of the sea, a third of the moon, a third of the sun. It's a third. But here it's a worldwide thing because people have taken the mark of the beast. Now, these little red dots here, or asterisks, uh, I put down the bottom here, that these are the repetitions, where I've got the asterisk, these are the repetitions of the plagues of Egypt. So, uh, hail, fire and blood, that was one of the plagues of Egypt. River becoming as blood, the river Nile, where they slaughtered so many innocents and turned babies into the river. The rivers became as blood. They worshipped, and the see, the Egyptians worshipped all these things. So God said, against all the gods of Egypt, I'll execute judgment. So God smote all their gods. They worshipped the frog. They worshipped lice. They worshipped uh, uh, animals. So God smote all their gods, the uh, rivers. And then down here, boils on men. That was a plague in Egypt. Uh, rivers of blood again, plague on Egypt. Darkness, the plague of darkness, the ninth plague. Of darkness, darkness it could be felt. And uh, Psalm 106, I think this, says evil angels were moving out in the darkness. So it was, that's why it was darkness that could be felt. So Moses being one of the witnesses, Egyptian plagues being repeated along with us. That's the picture. So I do not believe they're one and the same thing. As some expository would say, there's differences there, but the emphasis is a third, and this is more worldwide. That's the picture that we have. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org for more information about Kevin, his books, and his ministry.